0: So the big question is this, how are real estate investors who don't have a ton of free time, don't have access to off-market deals and didn't start life on third base. How do we grow a real estate business conservatively to support our families, finally leave the corporate rat race and build a legacy? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Ed Matthews and this is Real Estate Underground. This is the Real Estate Underground podcast show number 15 everybody ed matthews here with real estate underground welcome i am joined by my partner in crime uh, my personal yoda richard brown hello sir how are you i'm doing well ed how are you today I am excellent. Good to see you, my friend. We are actually very fortunate. This gentleman is someone that I met about three years ago, and he is a CT RIA coaching student graduate. But before that, he was an entrepreneur. He was, and I'll let him tell the stories of all his adventures. But Ahmed Khan, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the show. And it's good to see you again, my friend.
1: we are over here. And thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So a funny side story, Ed. Ahmed and I would
2: run into each other in Home Depots as we were both looking for materials for uh, for properties. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today. As Ed said, just so people understand a little bit about you, tell us who you are and what you got going in real estate.
1: By profession, I am actually coming from um, technology and I am actually right now working as a a project manager, software development, if you will. But what really actually got me interested in real estate was all about the freedom of, you know, and the lifestyle that you can get. We understand that technology, we are always working nonetheless. So I wanted to actually get out of that perpetual way of actually being on call on night and days and weekends and what have you. And then I saw some of my friends including Ron and some of you guys as well. You know, it's not something that is as stressful of a job, but it is actually, in fact, very rewarding. So that actually what brought me in. Also, inspiration was my father as well, who's been in the commercial side of actually flipping a lot of properties nonetheless. So I said, hey, this is something I want to go for.
0: Outstanding. So you mentioned that you were following your dad's footsteps. And so he was in the commercial space. What's your focus? Tell us about what you've been doing.
1: Having done a number of projects with him, I wanted to actually come to the other side, which is the residential. So being able to actually flip single family or duplexes and be able to buy and hold multifamily. So as much as I would like to actually do any kind of hold and all the rage is nowadays is single family, I'm actually um, reasoning, rational, and numbers guy. I'm more into bigger family units, five and plus.
0: Yep. And so I know that you flipped a little bit as well are you predominantly focused on holding at this point or are you still flippant?
1: I'm actually in the growth mode. So basically anything and everything that actually comes through and makes sense, (laughs) I will entertain. I mean, I will not lie. I, There are things that you actually have to be open towards, especially when you actually have started your business. So one of the beauty around this business is that if there is something that comes along your way and the number looks good, but you're not able to handle it, there are more than enough people that you can actually reach out to your network and still make money out of that.
0: Yeah. You're talking to two of them, my friend.
2: Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here to learn from you guys as well.
2: Right. So Ahmed, I know that we met at a CTB a networking event. Have you found the networking events to be helpful to you as you pursued your real estate career? Or is it just that being inspired by your dad, it was just easy to do it?
1: It's a combination of both. My dad has his own group of folks, the team that he ended up building. So he has his own set of investors. He has own brokers who are bringing deals to him. He has money that he would be able to either bootstrap or actually get by himself. But they are predominantly focused on gas stations and things of those likes, right? So looking into the other side, it may or may not work for them. When I actually joined CTREA, I was able to actually find that this is what my long-term strategy is, kind of aligned with with RIA's strategy in that sense. So we have multifamily, we have buy-in flip. It's it's, just an entire world over here. So it's definitely has helped me grow the network.
2: Fantastic.
1: Excellent. So what are you doing right now? What is the plan
2: for Ahmed right now?
1: Plan, as I said, I'm in the growth mode right now. So I'm still looking for opportunities any way, shape, or form, even given the market that we are in. It's interesting that prices keep climbing and climbing. I was anticipating, based on our research um, and talking to other folks, that there might be a crash coming in. It seems like the crash is not a possibility anytime soon. So being agile, being nimble, I might actually have to start looking for properties, even they are at higher prices. The numbers actually have to make sense. So. Right now, it's basically anything.
0: Yeah, I find that you can still find deals, right? But those deals are in pretty bad shape. So one of the strategies that we've been using is so much like you, Ahmed, my team here will flip houses, single family homes, and then use that capital to buy multi. And one of the things we've been doing is overcapitalizing the multifamilies to bring down the monthly debt service. And yeah, we have more money into it and the return isn't quite as good, but nevertheless, we're able to cash flow and use kind of the house money in terms of the flip capital to make the numbers work. We are in the arithmetic business, right?
1: That is so correct. I mean, if anything, instead of getting very excited or frustrated and losing the cool and to jump into it because I'm getting or I'm feeling frustrated, that would be the worst thing to do. And um, that would be a cardinal mistake that you never want to make, you know, numbers, 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 don't get attached to a property. If it makes sense, go for it. If it doesn't move on.
0: Right. I tell my team all the time, I don't see steel and wood and brick and nails. I see spreadsheets. That's all I see. Right. If the numbers don't work, you got to keep moving. So you're somebody that you've got kind of entrepreneurship baked into you, both from your familial relationships, as well as just in the fabric of who you are. We meet and you meet at our meetings, you know, probably half the room are grizzled veterans who are investing in real estate in one way, shape, or form. And the other half are folks that really want to get in and are trying to figure out how to crack the code. Right. And so I'm curious in your experience, You talk to a lot of the same people that we do. What do you think separates those folks that are dreamers, you know, the ones that really want to get in, but just can't get over that, whatever it is from guys like you who do this either full-time or on the side, like you do.
1: That's a very good question. um, Ed. this is actually a multi-pronged answer though. You cannot actually learn how to ride a bicycle just by reading a book, right? And if you actually have never heard of what a bicycle is from some source, be it a book or some kind of other media, phone or TV, then you wouldn't know what to do with it. So the first thing first, you know, egg or chicken, which came first, if I really have to put my finger on it, you know, I would actually say, learn the business first, right? Get to know the business as much as you can and try to educate yourself as much as you can, and then pick a point where you can actually start working. Get some mentor if you can. I actually was lucky enough to be able to have multiple mentors early in my life. And then Juan Farachi, and now all of you folks are also, I consider my mentors, Nonetheless, the less, no matter how many years of experience I get under my belt. If you actually have that growth mindset that you don't know everything that needs to be known. So educate yourself, get the courage to actually start working on your own or with somebody, which would be highly recommended because in this business, You make one mistake and that one costly mistake can actually be very, very detrimental. It's a combination of both. You learn something, you implement it. You learn from that implementation, either be it a failure or a success, make that a part of your process, learn something new and continue to grow outstanding
0: yeah you, you can hear the fact that you're a professional program and project manager just in the way you approach a problem right uh, you, the, the way your brain works it's the old axiom how to eat an elephant right one bite at a time it's clear that you're pretty good at figuring that out you mentioned mentors and that's something that i'm very focused on in my life and with the folks that we work with what was the best advice you ever got and who gave it to you
1: my mentor basically is Ron Farachi. I was in um, full disclosure over here. I am actually a graduate of City Real program, right? So, the advice that I was actually given is something that I already have talked about numbers. You know, yeah. do not get attached to a property just because you have fallen in love, because it may actually end up costing you a lot. So, numbers, numbers, numbers. If it doesn't make sense, move on. But if it does, then get someone like a mentor or some friend or a buddy who has been there before to actually poke holes in it so that you can actually double assure yourself that you're not walking into a bad deal and having it, having it objectively evaluated by someone who's literally not attached to the property is going to give you a sound advice. That sound advice is going to make the difference between you a successful or a failure deal.
0: So true. Yeah. Confirmation bias is something I battle on a regular basis. So I used, you know, as you were saying, disinterested third parties to kind of shoot holes in what we were doing. Rich, I think you had a question.
2: I sure did. So Ahmed, as you talked about all of this stuff, are you a reader? Do you use books to inspire you or a podcast or YouTube? Like how do you get the education? So I know you talked a little bit about CT Thanks for the plug. But tell us more about how you get your
1: education. It's just different type of venues. Sometimes my brain is swimming because coming out of work, I'm not able to actually read because I'm actually looking at screen literally throughout the whole day. So they have different sources. I'll actually give a quick example about a friend of mine. He's a doctor, a PhD doctor in adult learning. And he told me once a, a story about his daughter that they were actually working on a math problem, right? And despite her daughter being very good at math was not able to actually solve some basic questions and problems. So what he did instead of actually, you know, telling her to go to sleep or take some rest, he took her out for a quick walk. And when he came back and he was conducting this experiment, right, what he ended up doing was that refreshed, a certain aspect of her brain, when she actually came back, she was able to perform better. So there are times when you are more adept at reading. Know about yourself when you're tired and you're able to actually absorb information. Where is your cognitive load actually maxing out? And if it's under, are you able to read or are you able to hear? Are you able to see or if you're able to have a two-way conversation? So I don't actually limit myself into one Avenue of input, I try to use as many as I can, depending on the situation that I'm actually in.
0: So regardless of the format or the channel in which you consume information, specifically, what kind of information are you looking at? Are you, are you a podcast listener? Do you listen
1: to books? Yeah, recently it's been a little less because I actually have started on another project. So primarily, I'm actually more focused on the IT side that I'm actually working on. So yeah, you know yeah. that is kind of irrelevant. But as far as real estate is actually concerned, some of the podcasts that you have recorded, those are good sources. And anything that is on the internet, I would actually go ahead and read up on that. And again, I just actually look out for certain sources. There are good sources, there are bad sources, and there are horrible sources. Things that out over there have a good, healthy respect for certain outlets because you actually have vetted them out and then go for it. So I am actually reading certain websites. Definitely CTV is, uh, is one of them. Well,
0: thanks for that plug. Yeah. So things like, you know, and Rich, I know you do this as well. I, I'm a voracious reader. So I try really hard to either read or listen to a book a week. And uh, sometimes I'm a successful, sometimes not so much, but things like Russell Brunson's marketing secrets podcast and entrepreneur on fire and bigger pockets. I mean, I'm a bigger, I'm a huge, bigger pockets fan. I guess I'm not supposed to plug the competition, but they so be it. I don't think they view us as competition. So it's okay. <laughs>
2: Next year, it'll be yeah, different. yeah,
0: you never know, right? So, I'm reading for the 10th time, I'm reading Rich Dad Poor Dad right now, the Bible, you know, because I the find the Bible, yeah, exactly but I'm finding that it reminds me of things that I used to focus on that I don't anymore because they became rote. And I either got away from them or I've, you know, looking at it like, oh, I should start doing that again. The way I view cash flow versus appreciation versus owning a business versus having a job. Right. And I mean that in terms of working my own business, right? So you're either in the business or you're working on the business or you're working in the business. It's not both. And so that's one of the things that it was kind of an eye-opener for me as I'm going through this, like, oh man, I, I get caught in the day-to-day and it's really hard to focus on systems and growing your team and networking and all the things that we all do naturally. When you get caught up in the day-to-day, it's hard to see that 30,000-foot view, right? So true. So yeah. true. Buying investment real estate is both thrilling and sometimes stressful. Without a lending expert by your side, most investors don't stand a chance. That's where CTREA Funding comes in. CTREA Funding was founded by investors to help investors just like you fund their deals. Whether you're buying a single family rehab, an apartment building, or really any investment property, our team will understand your deal and help you close quickly. Go to ctreiafunding.com or call us at
2: 860-876-0572. So you mentioned before about waiting for the big real estate crash to come. And I, like you and so many others that I know, Me too. You know, as we saw prices run up, we were like, the pullback's got to come. It's going to be 2009 all over again. Save your cash and, and buy everything. And because it hasn't come, when you look to make your next purchase, what are the criteria that you're going to really, you know, you talk about being numbers. So w- what is it that's going to drive those numbers for you?
1: that's actually kind of become the holy grail as of right now, right? So there's no bottoming of the market. We already understand that. So the way I'm actually looking at it is that even if I were to actually, let's say I'm talking, I just ended up evaluating a property not too long ago but I didn't actually go for it because the number didn't work. So um, right here, someone was actually selling a property for an exuberant amount of money and the rents aren't that high and it required tons of work. So even if I were to actually go for it, I wouldn't be able to actually see a dime for the next 10 years. Is that a good deal? Maybe for some people, but not for me. The criteria that I'm actually looking for is that, you know, I'm still looking for the same thing is that, you know, we should be able to actually make some good money, maybe not very big fat checks, but at least it has to have some positive cash flow. The ROI is supposed to actually look good. So I don't want to actually start blinging all of these numbers, but it has to be a profitable deal. That's what I'm actually looking at right now.
2: It's interesting. I think one of the things I want our listeners to understand is that especially in this environment, cash flow is so critical. And Mm -hmm. understanding when you underwrite a deal, will it cash flow? And focusing on that, I hear a lot of people on the internet talking about return on cash. And sometimes that's not the most important metric. Because Ed, as you said, in some of your deals now, to be a little bit more conservative, you're leaving more cash in the deal, which means your returns go down. But that is your cushion. So if you are in a situation where you need to sell, you've got some protection there versus if you're 90, 95% leveraged on a deal, your return on cash is going to be fantastic. But if something happens, you don't have any equity to to kind of cushion it.
0: Yeah. Boy, are you walking a tightrope if you're 95% leveraged, right? Absolutely. You're praying everything goes exactly according to plan and it never does. (laughs) Ever.
2: Spoken like you've had some experience in that. Yes, sir.
0: Yes, sir. I do. So Ahmed, when you look at cash flow, are you looking at it from an overall perspective or are you looking at it per door? How are you approaching that?
1: I'm actually approaching it multiple ways, right? Not only per door, but overall together, the deal actually has to make sense. That's the way I'm actually looking at it. Now, what I actually learned from RIA is that $250 to $300 is actually a good deal, but it's been a little while since I have been out. Those numbers may or may not work, but there has to be a cutoff line. I don't want to be leveraged 95%. Right you know, so I think everyone actually is a little different, and I think you know, a person like me may not be willing to actually take as much of a risk as opposed to some of the more seasoned individuals who have been there and they have enough cushion that if things go south with one property they're not going to be on the road, right? So um, depending how big you are, but as far as I am actually concerned, I'm flexible being in the grocery side of the business, though we never actually cared about how much is the gallon of milk is actually costing. When I was way back when starting with my dad, gallon of milk was like about 50 cent, gas was like 97 cents, right? right? Showing your age right there. I know, right? I'm dating <laughs> myself. But the thing is, though, we never concerned ourselves because we actually bought at a lower price. And as long as we are able to actually set a higher price and the difference, the spread we are making our profit, that's right. that's where the game is. Same thing with the properties. A $100,000 property, if it's costing $200,000, as long as I'm not selling it for $149, Right. I'm doing good. So the basic tenants and the formulas remain the same. The only thing is now be able to actually find a deal where I would be able to buy it at a, a lower price. And my ARV is actually going to support that. That's where all the crux and all the efforts are going into is to be able to find a good deal. Yeah. So let me just address
2: something that you just mentioned. You mentioned that through the ctria training classes, $250 to $300 was the good return. And for our listeners at home, that is $250 to $300 a unit per month. So, right. just so that people understand when he says that, what the cash flow breakdown of that is, we're looking to gain that per unit per month. And that's something that we feel good about.
0: Right. right. Yeah. And so, to build on that, right now, I'm okay with buying a, in fact, I just did, buying a property where you're getting 150 to 200 a door, walking in as you take responsibility for the property. But the fact is that rents, at least here in Connecticut, are going absolutely parabolic. They are straight up right now and not sustainable. So you can't plan on that, but you can plan on a little bit of a bump. And so acquiring a property at $150, $200 a door, knowing that Within 90, 120, 180 days, as you upgrade the common areas, as you upgrade units, there's an additional 100, 200 plus per door per month available in the rent. You know, it makes taking on those larger, more expensive properties a little more straightforward, right? And, you know, as Ron says, price is one factor, but it's not the factor, right? Because terms are just as important.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that clarity. Maybe I should have actually said that $250 to $300. But I think that's where the opportunity actually lies right now, right? So if we are able to actually buy something where we think we would be able to actually, or in fact, we should be able to actually add any value to it, that's where a good investor versus, you know, novice investors are going to actually be able to look at the property and say, "Yep, I actually have a deal in front of my hand because I can then, as Ron says, NOI, 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 right? So if we can actually plug in the numbers and if it makes sense and we add value, guess what? We actually have a deal in front of us. And as long as there's deal in front of us, you know, money will follow.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting. One of the things that when Rich and I and the rest of the folks Are talking with folks that are looking to get into investing, it's usually the gating factor, the thing that's keeping them from moving forward, right? Is usually one of three things. And I think they all equal fear in one way or another, but the three things that we typically hear are, I just don't have enough time. I have an 80 hour a week job. I'm married. I've got kids. I've got your responsibilities and I just don't have time. Right. As well as even if I found a deal, which is really, really hard. And that's the second thing, right? It defined deal flow, especially in this market where there's little to no inventory is really difficult. And obviously the third one is even if I found a deal, I wouldn't know how to pay for it because I don't have $100,000 sitting in the bank ready to go. And so, you know, I'm curious from your perspective as someone who is a professional investor who has a full-time job and someone who's been successful in this industry already of those three things, you know, what is the hardest thing for you and how do you overcome it?
1: So they come with their own challenges. That's actually also a very good question, though. Being able to actually find time, it all depends on what stage in life are you in. So I have a young family, right? So for me to be able to actually find time is very important, right? I want to be a part of the growing up of my son. But also, you know, I have to actually draw a line somewhere. I don't want to actually play 10 hours a day with him. Maybe I'm not at that stage because I have to actually build something, some kind of a legacy for him. So my source of motivation is also that, yes, I want to be with them, but also at the same time, I have to do something for them. That's one aspect of it. Finding deals is just basically being connected, like you guys actually were generous and kind enough to actually invite me to this conversation. But it's due to the fact that I am also showing some interest. So it has to come from within. You have to find time. Just like you have to find time to eat and sleep and do some basic stuff. If you put this as a secondary thing on a back burner, it's not going to come forward. You have to find time to be able to actually look for it, educate yourself. You have to find your time to be able to find deals. The second, if you're doing do the two of those things, I think the third one is how am I going to be able to come up with the money? I think that's actually a byproduct of all of your hard work and perspiration. Again, if the number works, you know, the money will follow. And especially nowadays, you know, if you really have a good deal that has numbers looking really, really good, then being able to actually find financing for it and all that good stuff becomes relatively easier.
0: Yeah. 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 These days I find raising capital is probably the easiest of the three for me. Yeah.
2: Same. There's a quote going around right now in real estate circles. I have more money than I have deals. Yeah. just, just <laughs> so simply, means, simply means the funds are there. It's finding the deals and providing the ROI on those yeah. investments that make it hard. Yeah. So Ahmed, man, thank you so much. This was really informative. Any parting words of advice for folks who want to get started.
1: If anything, I can actually say is that don't sit on the sideline, educate yourself and experiment with it. You don't learn how to bicycle or ride a bike by just reading a book, as I mentioned, start small, fail early, learn early, make that a part of your journey to become a successful investor, like the folks who I'm talking to and other folks who are listening to this. That is the only way you would be able to actually become what you want to actually become. And your imagination is your limit. You can be only two property owner or 200 property owner. It's totally up to you. But the first step is to actually start from somewhere. As far as the fears is concerned, it's not going to go away until you do it. In order to do it, educate yourself and surround yourself with mentors is something I would actually highly recommend.
2: Absolutely. Hey, Ahmed, can I just make one small addition to what you said? Even when you've done it, the fear doesn't go away. That's true.
1: <laughs> my, I tell you, it my, means that my You're hand, out of your comfort zone. And if you're out exactly. of your comfort zone, that means you're growing. And if you're growing, then that's actually a good thing in my books.
0: Yeah. And yep. I tell people all the time, my hand shakes on every contract I sign to this day. And I've bought, I don't know how many properties at this point. It's been many.
2: I just made an offer today and I am nervous as nervous can be. Yes. So listen, you're, we're always scared, but it shouldn't stop you from making an offer. That's it. Yeah.
0: Courage is you're still afraid, but you do it anyway, right? Absolutely. Exactly. So Amit, we're coming to the end here. And I again, like Rich, I want to thank you for your time today. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? If they want to hear more about your story.
1: Sure, absolutely. You can actually call me at my number. The name of the company that I have is Allied. R-E-I, so the email address is L-I-A-L-L-I-E-D-R-E-I, as in like real estate L L C at gmail.com. And you can call me at 860-909-0770. Ahmed awesome. Khan, thank awesome. you
0: very much for bringing your wisdom and your experience and frankly, your time. We're grateful that you,
1: Likewise. I know how busy thank you me are. For so having thank me. you. I really appreciate it, Ed, Richard, and the entire team who's actually making these podcasts available to everybody else for the betterment of community. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Well, this is Ed Matthews signing off for Real Estate Underground. Rich, thank you. Always good to see you. Ahmed, thank you again. And signing off. This has been the Real Estate Underground podcast, a CTRIA presentation. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. If there's a specific topic you want us to cover, post it in the comments. For more information on the Real Estate Underground podcast or CTREA, go to realestateundergroundpodcast.com or CTRIA.com. Until next time, happy investing.